Welcome back to GA Fan TV. My name is Aaron. I'm delighted to be joined here by Dara Berry of Galway BO for the 2023 Intercounty Mayo season preview. We're going to be discussing all things Mayo ahead of the upcoming 2023 Intercounty season, as well as looking back at Mayo last year, the trials and tribulations and everything else of uh, Mayo football. So, Dara, how's things with yourself? We're chatting off air there. You're keeping well and. Uh, I suppose all set for another intercounty season and another year following Mayo, which always seems eventful. <laughs> yeah, and first of all, thanks very much for having me on again. Um, it doesn't seem like only a couple of months ago that we were chatting last year and I had great expectations for another kind of Mayo semi-final or final maybe appearance, but um, it wasn't to be. But yeah, look, obviously, you know, another big year coming up. Um I don't think my expectations are going to be as wild or as high as they were last year. Um, but again, with Mayo, you just never know. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, some huge losses there, um, which we'll obviously discuss coming up in the next few minutes. But um, yeah, just looking forward to getting back into it again. Um, even now with the FBD League starting, there's great buzz and excitement about, you know, Mayo facing Galway in what is basically just kind of a, a pre-season to the league. You know, it shouldn't really mean nothing to anyone, but... Even in Mayo, there's great excitement about it. Like I, I myself was trying to get tickets first, and they sold out within a matter of seconds. It was, I think, easier time to get an All Ireland final ticket than it was to get tickets for the FBD League. So, yeah, you can you can see the excitement and the mania is back again in Mayo uh, for another season. And yeah, just can't wait to get into it. Really, to be honest, um, starting from the FBD League and going forwards into the league and then the championship. Absolutely, yeah. Like, cause it was a, it was an interesting year last year, wasn't it? For me, I was as I was saying to you, like when we were speaking last year, like there there probably was a bit of expectation. All right, maybe after obviously beating Dublin in the semi finals, and although you lost to Toronto in the final, you did feel like something was was really building. Like, where where do you think maybe, or, or why do you think maybe it didn't quite sort of set off in the way that maybe people expected? I mean, obviously there were injuries and everything else, but what were your sort of take on it? Yeah, I suppose. Like looking back, you know, it's it's easy to say that the two teams that uh, bet us last year were ultimately the finalists, you know, uh, in Kerry and Galway. So I suppose you can take some sort of kind of solace in that to say that we were beaten by better teams who, you know, ended up being the two best teams in, in the country at the end of the season. But um, yeah, I don't know, just things didn't really seem to tick for us at all. Like that first day against Galway, I was in McHale Park for that game and we just never really got going. Um, you know, we were, you know, a couple of points behind. We dragged it back, you know, in the first half. Same story again in the second half. A couple of points behind, dragged it back to one point. Um, you know, had a had a had a chance at the very end to, to level it and you know it was it was skied wide. And but to be honest, if we'd came out of Casabar that day with a draw, it, it would have been unfair on Goy because they were much the better team. And to be honest, we Mayo just never really clicked after that. Um you know, in other years where, say, you know, we would have been dumped out of the Connacht Championship early, you know, we would have came back, hit the qualifiers running, you know, had some convincing wins and kind of pushed on from there. But this year or last year gone, even in the qualifiers, we just never really seemed like we were convincing in any sort of way. Like, you know, we kind of just fell over the line in, in the qualifying matches and going into Kerry, like while... The county was probably, you know, silently hopeful that we might be able to to do something against them. I don't think there was any ever sort of belief there that we were going to be any sort of match to carry or, you know, that we were going to be able to stop the firepower of David Clifford or, you know, their attacking prowess. So, um, 
yeah, it was, as you said, it was a very strange one because obviously coming off the back of the previous two years where, you know, we, you know, successful, successful final appearances, you would have thought that maybe at least a semi-final appearance was on the cards, maybe, um, you know, a good run in Connacht, you know, uh, retain our Connacht title maybe, um, but yeah, no, just, it, it, we never really seem to get going and I suppose there's no real answer for that, you know, I mean, you could probably talk about maybe player burnout, you know, a lot of those uh, section of players have been going for you know years and years on end with no real kind of break you know especially when you think of you know the successful teams like your Westports and your Castle Bears and um, you know they've been going and going and going and you just wonder if maybe it all came to a halt last season and you know the legs just weren't there and as you said yourself we were unlucky with a couple of injuries too um you know that restricted us and um, you know Tommy Conroy being a, a massive one and it'll be great to have the likes of him back this this season again and to see what he can do up forward because he was obviously ripping it up in the previous season and was one of our best players probably of, the, of that year. Um, but in terms of pinpointing where exactly it went wrong, I don't think there was any sort of one, whereas we were just beaten by better teams on the on the day. And, you know, as I said, when we started the chat, to say that, you know, we were beaten by Galway and Kerry, you can kind of take a bit of... Um, a bit of solace in that and just say that yeah you know at the end of the day they were the two finalists and they were the two biggest teams in the country so you know it's it's only right that they would would have bet us on our day but um yeah look hopefully we'll be coming back stronger this year now you know um the main thing i think that every male person will be open for like you know i think sites of all ireland finals or anything like that is very far away in every male person's mind at the moment what we'd be looking for is a very good league campaign and to hopefully get you know the Connacht title back and to make that our own and you know to make McHale Park a fortress again where people are afraid to come and play against Mayo in their home ground um and to be honest I think anything after that would be a bit of a bonus but yeah um 2022 a disappointing season but at the same time you know a lot of players that owe us absolutely nothing and a manager that has owed us absolutely nothing for his work over the last decade as well yeah, like because even getting to a league final as well, which is like in most seasons for most counties would be would be a good achievement. But maybe like because of as you've said, like some of get getting to so many all Ireland finals and so much heartbreak that maybe that was probably looked down upon. And then obviously the scoreline as well with Kerry having won so convincingly. But like there was a lot of promise there, sort of in the start of the year. Like you you got a couple of good wins in there. I remember beat Dublin again couple of other sides in there i think maybe only Toronto and, and Kerry be in the league last year so like all in all it was it was fairly good in the league and there was sort of although there were injuries like that there was plenty of positivity around the county this time last year yeah absolutely and um, as you said like we had a massive league run um were comprehensively beaten that day against Kerry and um, in Croker for the league final but um yeah like i suppose you know we won the league back in 2019 and we kind of celebrated it fairly wildly the fans like you know it was our first piece of silverware and you know in crow park and, and since i think 2001 was the last time we won the league you know so we kind of treated that nearly as a mini all-ireland final so yeah i think maybe getting to the league final this year was kind of overshadowed by the bigger picture i don't think well like speaking personally myself i don't think i treated it as I treated it as big of a final as i did maybe in 2019 when we won um but yeah, no, we did have a strong league campaign, but, you know, as you know yourself, I suppose there's often times where teams have a, a strong or weak league campaign and then it's the complete opposite then when it comes to championship, you know, 
Like um, a couple of years ago, Galway would have had a very strong league campaign and then just kind of faltered then when it came to the, the kind of championship. So, you know, while it's great for trialing out new players and for kind of seeing what sort of, you know, status you were in amongst the, the other kind of big guns, um, I don't think it means much when you're coming into championship. I think the clock kind of resets and you go again. So, you know, that kind of, I suppose that's what happened to Mayo. Like, you know, Galway had a very strong league campaign too. And I suppose you could say the two of us were coming in to that, you know, Connacht game uh, very much on a level pegging, you know, on a high, both got to league finals, you know, both ready to just go for it in the championship and looking at the bigger picture of getting the Connacht title. And on the day, as we were saying, like they were the much better team and deserved it way more than us. Um, but obviously, you know, we would want to be going into this year hoping to get a good league campaign out of the way, hoping to, first of all, you know, guarantee our safety in Division 1 because I think being a top side, you know, you need to be in Division 1 year in, year out. Um, you know, and then anything that comes after that, if we can get another league final appearance, great, but definitely just holding on to the League 1 status there would be fantastic. Yeah, like, and... I suppose as we were saying there, like obviously with James Horn, it being his, his last year, I mean, he was obviously in two spells and in charge of Mayo, brought Mayo to, to multiple All-Ireland finals, won a whole host of Connacht titles, that league title you mentioned in, in 2019 as well. Like, I mean, it probably did, it looked like from an outsider looking in and almost it felt like it probably just was one of them things where like end of an era and all the rest, like um, probably did take Mayo as far as he could and, and maybe it was time for a change. Yeah, absolutely. And look, you know, I mean, the Mayo fans owe James Horn absolutely nothing. He's given us, you know, the the best days of our lives since, you know, he came in first in 2011 and, you know, came in with a kind of a transitional team, really. Like, you know, I know there was a lot of young stars coming up, but, you know, Mayo on the back of, you know, three or four years of, you know, of being in the desert, really, between 2007 and 2010, where I think we only had maybe one Connacht title in those years, you know, maybe the odd or Allen quarterfinal appearance, but definitely nothing of the heights of the early 2000s and, you know, the late 90s and stuff like that, or the mid 90s. Um, so, yeah, when James Warren came in and, you know, he obviously held that fantastic record uh, up until this or up until last year gone where, you know, he had always brought a Mayo side to at least the semi-final of the All-Ireland final of the All-Ireland series, um, you know, and... In his first stint, you know, I don't think he ever lost a Connacht final, you know, always brought us to either a semi-final or a final. And, you know, this time around as well, um, you know, it was nearly much the same as the first stint. And, you know, I think Mayo fans have a lot of trust in James Horan because of, you know, what he done first time around and all the great days that he's given us. That when he came for the second stint, I don't think anyone kind of feared, you know, oh, he's been here before, you know, should we have gone for something different? Think there was a lot of excitement in the county where it was like you know this man has brought us so close before maybe he can bring us that close again and who knows even get us over the finish line um you know sadly it wasn't to be um you would maybe think that you know if things had gone differently against tyrone you know and and we had won would he would he have gone out in that high that he had probably sought for the last decade and that would have been obviously the fairy tale ending and um, i'm sure himself you know i'm sure he didn't want to to end his Mayo managerial career, you know, with a quarter final, with a heavy quarter final defeat, and um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he would have wanted to go out in the gallant, you know, semi final or final performance. But um, you know, it just wasn't meant to be. But again, he owes us absolutely nothing. You know, the days that he's given to Mayo GA, both as a player and as as a manager. Like, I mean, I suppose 
when I started watching Mayo GA first, my earliest memories, you know, he would have been on that team from the early 2000s. And, you know, he was a fantastic footballer then. Or sorry, he was a fantastic footballer and a servant to Mayo then. And, you know, the service he's given to them since as a, as a manager has been, you know, absolutely fantastic. Um, but, you know, as you said yourself, you know, you do get these periods where maybe the old guard are kind of stepping away now. You know, there's various retirements that's happened with Mayo in the last couple of years, which we'll obviously get to the newest one, you know, in, in a few minutes. But, um, you know, maybe he just thought, look, there's going to be new players coming in. There's going to be old players going. Maybe it's time to give someone else a chance and see what they can do with the Mayo team and how far they can bring them. Um, but yeah, again, you know, James Oren absolutely owes nothing to us. Um, and, you know, has always given his best for Mayo. And I believe he brought Mayo GA as far as he could as he could get them. And sadly, just on those particular days against Dublin and Tyrone teams, we just didn't have that extra bit to push us over the line. Yeah, and then obviously Kevin McStay coming in as as manager for the for the twenty twenty three season. I mean, he's obviously flirted with the Mayo job a couple of times in the in the past, and you know he was quite vocal, I think, in in other interviews, like speaking about you know not getting the Mayo job and 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 everything else. And obviously goes to Ross Common, wins a Connacht title, does very well there. I think everyone's very familiar with him from his from his work on the Sunday game, but. And he comes to, to Mayo. I mean, what were your thoughts when, when that got announced? I mean, it was definitely surprising for a lot of people to see him, you know, maybe not necessarily get the job, but the fact that he came so close to getting the job in the past and then didn't get it. But what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think I think there was a quote from the time when he went for it the first time around when Holmes and Canelli got it, where he got a phone call from someone in the county board. And I think he said something along the lines of, why would I interview for a job that's already gone? So I think... The kind of writing was on the wall early doors there that he had a feeling you know even though he was running for it it was not really his time to get it and um, you know i think it's it's a it's a a big big um you know job and a big role for him to come into um you know but he's proved it time and time again you know with his club um his club record and as you said with ross common as well you know he does have the credentials there to back it up and you know, he's a fine backroom team there in obviously Stephen Rochford, who's been at the helm with Mayo before, you know, brought us to two uh, All-Ireland finals, you know, knows what it takes to get there. Um, he's Lee McHale there, who's also been involved with backroom teams with Mayo, has also, you know, been in All-Ireland finals as a player with Mayo, again, knows what it takes to get there. You know, Donny Buckley, who has been involved with Mayo backroom teams before, you know, same goes with him. Um, so... I mean, it's it's going to be a huge task for him, um, but I'm sure it's something he'll relish. And as you said yourself, you know, he knows he knows football inside out. You know, and we can we can uh, tell by that by his analysis on the Sunday game. You know, he's very tactical minded, and it'll be interesting to see what he can bring to Mayo GEA. Um, you know, obviously Mayo are playing Galway on Saturday in the FPD League. You know, and he's he's named the squad on Friday night, and there's a plethora of new people coming in. He's handed one or two deb debuts to, to different young lads as well. So, you know, hopefully that'll be the modus operandi going forward as well. Because obviously, as we were saying, you know, there is a lot of old guard that's going and the hunt is on to try and find the next, you know, next talent out there in Mayo and the up and coming ones. And um, yeah, I, to be honest, I think he's probably going to be tasked with the difficult job um, because we are in a bit of a transitional period. Um, but again, that's that's I suppose what would make and break make or break a good manager to see what they can do, you know, in, in these kind of situations. But um yeah, you know, his 
his record was was calm was great. Um, I don't think anyone expected him to get you know anywhere near a kind of title with them, and he did. Um, you know, had a good run in various championship seasons with them. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be exciting to see what he brings. Um, and it'll be definitely I think something different to what Mayo might have witnessed in the last couple of years. Yeah, like, and you mentioned there about transition, and obviously. You know the fact that there has been retirements and and players leaving and everything else like it does feel like a real transition year like I, f- I felt like it was kind of maybe a bit like that a few years ago but as you said now like there isn't too many sort of survivors of the crop that probably broke through in the 2010s like you obviously still have the you know Aidan O'Shea and Kevin McLaughlin sort of knocking around the panel but Lee Keegan's obviously retired and there have been plenty of other retirements in the last couple of years so it does seem to be a big sort of switch from you know the the older guard now into more fresher players who've you know played for the under 20s and whatnot over the last couple of years yeah to be honest i was going to say this to you it kind of reminds me of when john o'mahony took over um in 2007 where you know there there was talks you know there's obviously good underage set up in mayo and there was talks of good you know really talented lads coming through but there was just those couple of years where there was the transition between you know, certain older players retiring and the new players getting into, I suppose, you know, the senior level and getting into the comfortableness of, you know, playing high standard football week in, week out. And while you could see the potential was there, obviously we didn't have much success in those years. Um, so I like, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that we do have success this year, but in saying that, I feel like, um, yeah, it could be something along the lines of that where um, it is that bit of a transitional period. And I suppose that's kind of in my own mind, that's why my expectations aren't as high this year for Mayo. You know, as I said, I'd be very much happy with a, a Connor title and to have some new blood coming through and, um, you know, some new names to cheer on. But um, yeah, no, he will. He'll have his work cut out for him. But I suppose, again, going back to talking about the league, it'll be great because, you know, Goway and Roscommon are in there and, with the way the Connacht Championship has fallen at the moment, or sorry, with the way that it's fallen this year, um, you know, we play Roscommon first and then the winners of that play Galway. So at least we're going to all get a, a feel of each other or feel for each other um, in Division 1. And, you know, and we'll kind of know what sort of level everyone else is at. And that'll help us going into the Connacht Championship then to see, you know, where where the Mayo match between, you know, Roscommon and Galway. Yeah, and obviously Lee Keegan's retirement, which got announced earlier in the week. I mean, it was, I, f- I felt like a lot of people expected it to come at some point with the fact that he's, he'd obviously been appearing more in the Sunday game and he's obviously been knocking around for a good couple of years. But maybe the only surprising thing was it being announced so close to the inter-county season. But like, I suppose, first of all, what, what are your thoughts on Lee Keegan as a footballer for Mayo down the years? And I mean, obviously that retirement news, tough to take as a Mayo fan, but like Lee Keegan definitely, you know, owes nothing to the Mayo support. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those ones where you could have been putting your your fingers in your ears for ages to try and block it out, but it was very much a heavy kind of rumour that was being circulated around Mayo that, you know, it's been rumoured that Lee Keegan is going to go, you know, and there's been crunch talks with him and management to see could they keep him for one more year. And, you know, I think at the, at the, the last couple of years, like, I mean, you know he's he's a little girl now and stuff and i think family is kind of taken priority you know and rightly so um and yeah i think he just probably knows himself or knew himself that he couldn't commit to mayo uh, ga 100 anymore and you know has just walked away from it but you know um, like p- 
people were, were saying on social media that he was the best, one of the best players to never win in All-Ireland. I think that's unfair to him. He's one of the best players ever, regardless of his achievements. Like, I mean, you know, his performances against Dublin, you know, those those two goals against Dublin in the two different finals, I mean, they're up there with one of the, you know, with some of the best goals that have ever been scored in Crow Park. And, you know, again, just a great warrior of a player that you could rely on, you know, not not once could you ever say that, you know, he didn't put on his best performance for a Mayo team. You know, he was always eight out of ten, no matter when he stood out in that pitch. And you could always just rely on him like a a pure leader. And yeah, you know, irreplaceable is one of the words that comes to to the mind. Like, but um, you know, he's he's a very I suppose coloured player. Like, I mean, you know, he's he may not have won an All Ireland with Mayo, but like he has the All Ireland medal with Westport and intermediate you know, he's got the, the county title this year at senior level with them. And with the way Westport are going, who knows? You know, he is another couple of years in him, definitely in club. You know, he could easily get to a, a club final with Westport and and grab a senior All-Ireland with them. But, um, no, definitely one of the best players to ever grace the field. And, you know, I think this time last year we were talking about, you know, another retirement and saying that, you know, it was another notch on, on the Mayo belt of, you know, great players to leave without the, the Celtic cross. And, you know, it is it is sad to think that, you know, we'll be talking about Lee Keegan in 20 years to come as one of the greatest players to ever play. And, yeah, sadly, he just didn't get it on the day. He didn't manage to to get that medal. Um, but regardless of that, I mean, still a super fantastic player. And... Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be very hard to try and get someone to to even, you know, lace his boots in terms of the next couple of years. But, you know, as we were saying about the new blood coming forward, who knows, like someone might impress us now this year and we could say, you know, this might be the man to take his place. But, um, yeah, definitely a, a big shaped hole there in the in the Mayo backline. Yeah, because even as a Dublin fan, like watching watching those all Ireland finals, I mean, he was always the player that I feared the most, to be honest, as a Dublin fan, because he was always the player that popped up. Like even as a halfback, like he was he was getting goals, he was getting big points, and you knew when he was on his game that Dublin were in for a game. Like, and you think back to even some of the the tussles with Jeremy Connolly. I think some people were saying it during the week. I think he scored one four off him in one of the all Ireland finals, and Connolly didn't even score. or might have scored a point or, or something of that nature. Like. I mean, an extraordinary player. Like, and like, if there was any player that ever did deserve an All Ireland, like it probably it probably would be him because even in All Ireland finals, like he has delivered, he has put in top class performances, and even in the last couple of years as well, like twenty twenty one, he was I thought he was very close to to winning Footballer of the Year, and even last year, although it was a disappointing year for Mayo, I still felt like he was one of the the standout players, and uh, like like for Mayo last year, so. Probably was surprising to to see him retire, but as you said, like it probably has been the amount of football, the amount of com- commitments, and like it can't be easy. I'd imagine consistently going year on year, and as you said, you know, time now to, to focus on the club, which is very much in good stead for the next couple of years. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, like you know, he he kind of re, you know repackaged himself as a cornerback, you know, in, in in the last couple of years of his career, and um, you know that was maybe a sign as well that you know the engine and don't get me wrong still had an enormous engine in him you know and still does but it was probably a sign that maybe the engine of you know 2016 2017 wasn't there and he was focusing more in terms of you know his man marking side of things now um in the in the latter years but you know i mean he kind of redefined the role of a halfback in my mind like as you said there those tussles with jeremy connelly 
you know, uh, will probably go down as one of the greatest rivalries, you know, between two players in the GA history. Um, I think Fergal Boland told a story the last day after his retirement, which I thought was very fitting. I think was it before either the 2016 or 2017 final, they had an A versus B game in Mayo. Um, you know, just to, I suppose, you know, if anyone could grab those final few player spots, you know, that were up for grabs. And he said that, you know, he that Lee Keegan was marking him on the day. And obviously Boland was looking to get a point or two, you know, try and prove himself. And he said that I think Lee Keegan outscored him something like one, two to three and kept him scoreless. And that just shows you the type of player Keegan was. Like, you know, he was a back by trade, but by God, like, could he get up forward and get himself a, a vital goal or a couple of points when needed? And, you know, um, he always seemed to be a great clutch score player, like, you know, popping over points when needed from long range or just getting into those spots. Like we mentioned earlier, the two goals against Dublin, you know, I think it, both of those goals put us ahead, you know, in vital moments of the game where we were kind of lagging behind by uh, two or three points, um, you know, and yeah, I mean, players like that come only once in a generation, I think. So, you know, as I was saying earlier, I think it's going to be very hard to replace someone like, like Lee Keegan. But um, yeah, I don't think it's it's not going to be the last we hear of him in terms of, of winning titles. Like, I think there's definitely a, another one or two club titles in that Westport team. And, you know, they were very unlucky to get knocked out by McCullen this year. You know, who knows if they got past that mark, you know, they could have even got themselves closer. But um, yeah, there's definitely more in, in Keegan. And yeah, I think just, he, you know, as you said yourself, I think he knew his, his kind of race was run in terms of Mayo. And again, as we were saying earlier, I think no more than Horn stepping aside and saying, you know, maybe it's time to let someone else in, see what they can do. Maybe Keegan is thinking the same thing. Maybe it's time for me to step aside, let, you know, someone someone fresher legs in and see what they can do and, you know, how they can prove themselves. Yeah, it's interesting, all right, because even in another podcast there about a week ago, like someone was saying to me about him maybe being the greatest footballer to ever play for Mayo. And I'd be curious to know your your opinions on that. Obviously, there hasn't been short of, of talent through the years for, for the Mayo footballers, certainly a lot of players, but where would he rank, in your opinion, in terms of the, the greatest footballer to, to possibly play for the county? Oh, definitely. Definitely in the top three in the last, you know, as, as long as I've been watching Mayo football the last 25 years, you could say, you know, definitely up there with Andy Moore and Keith Higgins, Kieran McDonald. Um, you know, if you want to go to the 90s, probably up there with Lee McKay, the likes of that. But I think in my lifetime, definitely he's in the top three somewhere along with Higgins and Andy Moore. And, and I'd find it very hard to separate the three of them. But yeah, there's easily a, a shout to be made there that he's he's the best player to ever play for Mayo, um, without a doubt. And I'm one of the best players, as I said earlier, to ever grace a pitch, you know, GAA yeah. full stop, All-Ireland or no All-Ireland. He's, he's phenomenal. And yeah, sad to see him go and definitely a once-in-a-generation player. 100%, 100%. And, and obviously looking at, at that full-back line, like you were saying there, like obviously a big hole to, to fill with him gone. But you obviously had Oshin Mullen, who was kind of integral, whether he was playing a half-back or, or playing in the full-back line as well. He's obviously gone off to gone off to the AFL. So there's definitely going to be some some fresh faces in in that defence this year. And that's definitely going to be a bit of a, a headache for, for Kevin McStay and to, to sort of work on now over the start of the league. Yeah, I suppose you say headache but I suppose it is a good headache to have <clears throat> that like you know there is a lot of options there in the back line of new players coming through for Kevin so I suppose it's it's better to have you know various options than maybe just relying on one or two people to come in and try and fill that gap and um, first of all in terms of Wishing Mullen 
you know, another massive loss, you know, two, two big blows to come out of, you know, the defense line there. Um, but at the same time, you wouldn't begrudge, you know, a young lad like Oshin going off and playing his trade in Australia and, and getting some, and getting a few bob for it. And, you know, I think any Mayo fan would agree as well, you know, that they'd be happy to see him go and do well out in Australia. And, you know, who knows what a couple of years time might bring, you know, if he goes out to Australia and, gets a few titles out there, gets a few wins under his belt and, you know, because come back here a stronger, you know, even more bigger player than he was when he left, um, you know, that could prove vital to us and it could be, it could have the same as like a Ty Canelli effect maybe of, of Kerry a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, he'll be a massive loss alongside Keegan and, you know, um, he, you know, he burst onto the scene a couple of years ago and, you know, Mayo play or Mayo fans were kind of taken, you know, away by him. They just couldn't believe that we had unearthed this kind of, you know, fantastic engine of a footballer. You know, I suppose you could say similar to Keegan himself, you know, when he when he came on the scene first. But um again, no more than the Keegan at retirement, you know, you could put your your fingers in your ears, but there was a lot of rumor circulating that, you know, he was he was going this year. Obviously, you know, last year was the same. There was a lot of rumors going around that he was going and, you know, I think it was kind of a a last minute 11 o'clock job he you know stayed but um yeah no best of luck to him and you know hopefully as i said he can come home to mayo whenever that might be you know maybe it might be next year it might be 10 years time and you know come back a better more improved player than he already is and and bring something you know fresh and new to a mayo squad but um in terms of the back line like you know of, of new people coming in you know if you'd even look to mayo Galway in the fbd league you know ken mcstay has named the, named the team on friday and um, like you have Jack Coyne coming in from Ballyhonis, they're off the back of a, an intermediate win over Clemina this year, you know. So I'm sure he's going to be, you know, very determined to prove his worth to Kevin McStay to say that, look, you know, I deserve to be in this team. You know, I'm a proven winner. I've gone out and won with Ballyhonis this year. You know, I have something to give to the team. Um, you have Fenton Kelly from Davids. Um, you know, he's going to be handed his, his debut against Go in the FPD again. You know, he's going to want to prove himself. You know, Rory Brickerton with Westport, you know, they're senior champion, champions at the moment in Mayo. You know, he's been uh, obviously in and around the team the last couple of years. You know, he's want to get him. He's going to want to get himself more established this year now. Um, and then obviously Sam Cullinan has, has been there as well for the last couple of years, you know, in and around the, in and around the league and championship team. Um, so, I mean... As we were saying earlier about headaches, you know, he's got a, a handful of players there alone, and that's just the ones that are named, you know, on Friday on, on Saturday for the FPD League against Galway. You know, I'm sure there's plenty more that, that Kevin is eyeing up at club level and that he's going to be probably bringing in and out between now and championship. And um, yeah, again, it's going to be an experimental championship, I think, but, you know, that's hopefully where we might see our next star coming from. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and I suppose that is the positive, isn't it? Like, in the last couple of years, like when there have been players who've stepped away or retired like you, you haven't been short of of players being coming into the side like I remember even in 2020 when Andy Moran obviously uh, steps away and you know all of a sudden Ryan O'Donoghue bursts on the scene Tommy Conroy comes on the scene um you know you got players like Owen McLaughlin coming into the team as well like you've you, you're, ne you're never a shortage of players around the county so I'd say like that is a positive and as you were saying there there has been underage success in the last couple of years, like with the with the under twenties in terms of winning Connacht titles are coming close, um, and obviously with the minors they, they haven't been far away as well. So like there is plenty of players sort of you know coming through the ranks for for Mayo at the moment. Yeah, absolutely, and like one of the players you've mentioned there, Owen McLaughlin, like has had a 
a fantastic couple of years. Obviously got that belt against Dublin that that put him out for the the final against Tyrone. But um, you know, there's 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 touches of Lee Keegan there in him, like in terms of the way he can take a shoulder off the pass or a pass off the shoulder and and you know burst forward and and get into good positions and, and good scoring positions. So you know, and again, you know, he's a Westport man to back off. You know, a a senior uh, club win in Mayo. So. There's a lot of proven winners in this squad. Like you know, they might be young, but they have tasted what what success feels like, and they know what it what it takes to win. You know, at club level. So it's I suppose it's it's that age old thing of can they make the step up to to county and and replicate it up there. But um, you know, Owen McLaughlin is is one of the I suppose certified players now that has done that um over the last couple of years, and you know it's going to be a great boost to have him back. And you know, as we were saying earlier as well. To have the likes of Tommy Conroy back after missing him last year, he's going to be a massive um, addition to the squad. And um, yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, like any other players you can think of who might make make a step up, maybe like in around the forward line or even midfield or sort of impact subs. I mean, like th- there's definitely a lot of depth in the in the panel. But any players even sort of catching the eye in the FBD league or anything of that nature? Yeah, like I mean, it's it's great to see the likes of um, you know Phil McDonough is back on the team. Um, you know James Carr has been in and out the last couple of years. He's back. Like both of those have played fantastic at club level. They've kind of I suppose flirted with the idea of becoming established senior players. Um, so I think you know a good league campaign for the likes of them could really see them come in and become certified. You know regular starters for Mayo. Um. You know, Conor McStay is coming in from Balna. He's been brilliant at club level. Um, there's been a lot of talk about him at home. Um, you know, I feel like he could maybe be not maybe one of the starters for this year, but definitely in terms of an impact sub, he could be someone that could be brought on to get a score or two for Mayo, you know, when it's needed. Um, and definitely in terms of fresh legs, you know, it would be great to have someone like that on the bench. Yeah, I think Connor McStay. He's the is he the nephew, is it, or a son of uh, of Kevin McStay? I think it is. I I think it's nephew. I I don't know exactly. <laughs> we'll have to get the family tree out, but I I think it is. Nephew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's de- there's definitely a relation there. Definitely a relation there. Anyways, but um, but yeah, no, I've heard, I've heard his name knocking about a couple of times actually, like on on social media as well. Like so, um, definitely interested to, to sort of see if what kind of game time he gets he gets this year, but. We're speaking about the league there and obviously division one is is always super competitive and you've seen even last year with the likes of dublin going down you'd go we go down a couple of years ago yourselves like there, there always seems to be big teams getting relegated and it's always tough to to stay up in division one like i think last year there were some teams fighting relegation but also with the possibility of still getting into a league final it was kind of a it was a mad division so like what is the expectation do you think for mayo in the in the league is it just to stay up do you think with some of those changes or do you even think you know maybe you might even push for for a league final again yeah as you were saying like you know Dublin got relegated last year but I think even in the the final minutes of their last game there was still a good chance that they could stay up and I think even Mm -hmm. get a last you know qualifying place to get into the you know into the top four or whatever it was so yeah it is it can it can be a bit of a mad league like that where you know one loss or one win can put you one side of the table you know very quickly but um yeah, like I suppose we've been lucky the last couple of years. We've had strong league performances. You know, um, twenty twenty, we were you know within minutes of being pushed down to, to Division Two ourselves. You know, only to be saved last minute by a point by I think it was a Kevin McLaughlin against Donegal. 
Um, you know, and there's been years before that as well where we've flirted very closely to the edge and to relegation zone. So um, I think, you know, speaking for myself as a Mayo fan, I would be very happy to secure Division 1 status very quickly um, and just have that in the bag. And then anything after that would be a plus. You know, obviously, it would be great to get to an, another final and great to get to a final in Crow Park. And, you know, I think after crashing out in the quarterfinal last year, I don't think we'd take a league final in Crow Park for granted again. You know, I think we'd very much enjoy the experience of the day out, whatever it might might bring. But um, yeah, definitely first and foremost, avoiding relegation is key because as I was saying to you earlier, you know, if you want to be considered a big team, you know, a constant Division 1 status is, is um, so important. And, you know, in terms of facing... The, club, the teams that you're going to be facing in Division 1, they're more than likely you're going to be your opposition, you know, in the championship when it comes to the the latter stages. And as I was saying earlier, with Goy and Roscommon being there, you know, you kind of get a, a flavour of what the Connacht Championship is going to be like even. So, yeah, I think being in Division 1 is so important. Like, you know, we went down, as you said, a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, it was a, it, it wasn't a dogfight to get back up. You know, we, we did win our games fairly handy, but... It you know it was kind of just one of those things where you can see why why teams fall down and stay down in those kind of lower leagues because you know you have scrappier teams and you know going away to them it's it can be hard to get the win sometimes so you know I think yeah a division one status is key. Yeah, like and 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 from maybe speaking to other Mayo fans, like what do you think the the general feeling is like from Mayo supporters going into into twenty twenty three? Because even on like some some YouTube videos and podcasts I've uploaded recently talking about Mayo or if Mayo have been in the conversation or anything of that nature. Like there does seem to maybe be some slight negativity I've, I've found going in this year. Um, Like, like in terms of obviously the retirements and Oshie Muller not being there. And, and maybe it's just a culmination of all the sort of previous years that have happened in terms of losing all our finals and everything else. But like, what what's the feeling been like from, from any Mayo fans you've spoke to? I don't know, is it negativity as much as it is kind of uncertainty? Um, I think if we were going at this year again with James Horan at the realm, I think, or at the helm, sorry, I think um, Mayo fans would probably be a bit more optimistic because he's obviously brought us, you know, to those places time and time before um, that there would be that bit more kind of trust and faith in him. Um, whereas with McStay, obviously it's a brand new manager and brand new season. So I think... Mayo fans are just kind of uncertain as to how, you know, the next couple of weeks are going to go. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll know fairly, fairly, fairly early on in the league, we'll know how things are going. And, you know, I'd love nothing more than if we, you know, came out of the blocks with a win or two straight away and, you know, to kind of build that confidence. And, um, but yeah, like, I mean, obviously not having Mullen and not having Keegan, you know, they're two massive blows and, you can see obviously why the confidence might be gone in Mayo fans when they see those two big names going. Um, and I think, you know, <laughs> touch wood, I know wood around me, but, <laughs> um, you know, if there was any injuries or anything to add to that list, then, you know, in the next coming weeks or months, you would have to say that Mayo's, Mayo fans' expectations will be limited and limited more and more. But um, as I was saying earlier, you know, talking just on my own perspective, I think a kind of title I'd be more than happy with this year. Um, and then anything other than that would be a, a real plus. But, you know, I think the the kind of best case scenario in my mind would be a kind of title and, you know, build a really strong team that, you know, could 
maybe get to a, an All Ireland semi final, maybe even get to a final. Who knows? But that is definitely building for the future, you know. And I think any Mayo fan that's coming into this year thinking, right, it's all about this year, it's definitely not the case. It's all about the next five years. You know, we're we're at the stage now where we're building a team that's going to take over for you know for the next decade and will hopefully give us as much success as the previous decade has bought. But you know that's not going to happen overnight. Um, there's going to be building blocks there, and yeah, hopefully it just won't be too severe, I suppose, on on Mayo, and we won't see too much of a kind of break in what we've been used to in terms of success. Yeah, because I suppose it is all about building stability as well. Like, and as we were saying, with injuries to like I think Ryan O'Donoghue was missing for a lot of the championship games last year. Tommy Conroy was obviously missing as well. You've a Killian O'Connor who's who's had injury problems. Like, there's been a lot of injury issues with Mayo. So I think that's kind of the the main thing really is building a bit of stability and obviously putting a starting fifteen out that can kind of hold the fort maybe for the next couple of seasons because obviously there has been other retirements as well, the likes of David Clark and I think Cahill Barrett a few years ago as well, a few other players. So I'd imagine just sort of you know get get the lads out into the field, build a bit of game time, experience all the rest, and then maybe a few years further down the line, maybe then you can you can talk about possibly ending the way for Sam. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, it's it's great. There was word, um, I think, last week that Jason Doherty and, and Kevin McLaughlin were going to stay on for the, the year as well. So, you know, it's great to have, you know, along with the likes of Aidan O'Shea and Killian O'Connor, people who have been there, done it, you know, for the last decade and, you know, have you know, ounces of experience to give and advice to give to the younger players coming up. Um, and I think that's why, like, you know, it's it's not a, a clean break in terms of, you know, the whole old guard are gone and, and we're left with a new bunch of players. You know, there's still very much a good solid um, crew there from the last 10 years or so. And, you know, it's it's great to be able to have them to call on, you know, if, and who knows, like, I don't know, what Marseille's plans are, like, you know, whether they're going to be starting players or whether they're going to be impact subs. Um, but it's great to have them to call on to, you know, and, you know, if if a game is in a melting pot and it just needs a cool head and someone that's, you know, has that bit more experience than a younger player, it's it's brilliant to be able to call on the likes of Jason Doherty or Kevin McLaughlin to come on. Um, you know, and the likes of Aiden and Killian who have, you know, seen various kind of Titan successes and have been in various finals, like, I'm sure they'll be, you know, a wealth of of knowledge to the younger lads coming through. Um, yeah, so that's going to be very vital in terms of, of the building blocks over the next five years. And, yeah, I mean, you'd have to say fingers crossed that, you know, that's the last we've heard of retirements now for this year. And hopefully we can just crack on with, with the squad we have now. Yeah, and like, and you mentioned Aidan O'Shea there. I mean, what, what type of role do you think he could, he could play with? Mayo this year, I mean, obviously under James Horn last year, he was sort of, I think he was moved into midfield at times and he was in the full forward line and probably does get a lot of unjust criticism a lot of the time from, you know, different sections of supporters and neutrals and, and everything else. But what type of role do you think he could play in in, in 2023 for, for this Mayo side? Yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, like in 2021, I suppose there was kind of huge news around him being subbed off against Dublin. Um and you know, many might have argued that he should have been subbed off against Tyrone as well in the final. Um, but you know, it's 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 a difficult question to answer the whole Aidan O'Shea um situation because you know he's obviously had massive success in the past at full forward. I think was it either twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen, 
you know, was going on rampages against teams and, you know, scoring massive amounts and, you know, was vital in, in beating a Donegal team in, in 2013, I think it was, in that role where he was full forward. But, um, yeah, it, it, has, it is hard to know. Like, I mean, he's been kind of bandied about from position to position in, 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 on the pitch. And I think that probably leads to a bit of uncertainty himself about what his role is in, in Mayo GA. You know, if, if he had a fixed one where it's like, okay, we're going to be deploying you as a, a full forward or no, we're going to need you in the middle of the park or, you know, no, you're going to be half forward or, uh, you know, it's, it's really hard to know. And um, with McStay coming in, he might even make the big call that, you know, maybe it's time to let someone else come into those positions and maybe have Aidan O'Shea as, you know, an impact sub coming on. Again, someone who might be able to control a game or slow it down if needs be, or, you know, if we're maybe, you know, a point or two down and a couple of minutes to go, do you stick him in full forward, throw in a high ball and hope for the best, you know? Um, these are obviously questions that are going to be answered. You'll you'll kind of get a, a, a feeling of what Max Day is going to do with them in the first couple of rounds of, of the league. Um Personally, I don't, I don't know myself what I would do. Like, I think at times when he's been in midfield, obviously great at fielding the ball, you know, great at, at turning over the ball. But there has been times where, you know, we've been on the attack and the ball has come to him, and he can be kind of very slow on the play, and you know, maybe kind of hinders a, a, a real attack and play like that in terms of you know maybe taking a few steps and and seeing the next option that's coming. Um. But, yeah, I suppose when I think of Aidan O'Shea, I think of those great times that he had at full forward when he was, you know, fielding high balls and, you know, scoring two or three goals in, in the kind of championship against Sligo and stuff like that. But, again, and no disrespect to Sligo, it is, it is you know, I, so, I suppose somewhat easier to do that against the smaller teams. But, you know, it was kind of showed then when we played the likes of a Kerry or a Dublin that it just didn't really work the same. Um, but, you know, again... It is really hard to know. A couple of years ago, you know, he marked Donaghy at fullback. <laughs> so yeah. who knows? You know, who knows where Max Day is going to put him or what he might try next? Like you know, um, I think, yeah, uh, he's you know at, at club level at Brafie, there's been times where he's been played at, at half back as well. So I mean, you can say there that he's been tried out in every every line of the pitch. You know, he's been in at one stage or another with club or county. So yeah, it is. It's a hard one to to kind of, I suppose, guess now, not having seen what Max Day's plans are, but um, definitely a lot of food for thought from there. And, you know, again, a, a great experienced player to have at his at his hands. Like, Yeah, like, in, and even even as an impact sub, as you said, like to have him as that sort of trump card, even potentially, like, let's say, for example, in an All-Ireland Court final or in a, a qualifier game or something of that nature. Like, I think for any fullback who's, you know, maybe after marking a, you know, one of the, the male full forwards, whoever it may be, maybe a, a Tommy Conroy or, or something of that nature. And then all of a sudden, Aidan O'Shea comes on. It's it's a completely different player to pick up and uh, and having him coming on as fresh as anything in the final 10, 15 minutes when he has the experience of playing in those big games, in those big moments. So, like, having someone like him come off the bench at the same time, like, if he doesn't start, that would be a, a huge ace in the pack, I think, at the same time for from a male perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I suppose, and and it's one that really, I suppose, still hurts with Mayo fans when you think back to 2014 when we played Kerry. You know, that's exactly what, what Kerry did with Donny. You know, he came off the bench, I think, with, you know, maybe five or ten minutes to go and Mayo were in the lead. High ball goes into him. You know, he pams it down for, I, I can't remember who scored the goal now, but um, 
you know, it was and it was exactly like I was saying there, like, you know, if he is to be used as an impact sub, wouldn't it be great to have someone of that stature that you could put in, you know, stepping on the goalkeeper's toes and, you know, throw in a Hail Mary to him and see what how it goes. It mightn't work every time, but it's definitely a good ace to have up the sleeve that might come off once or maybe twice when needed. Like, but um yeah, as I said, it'll be interesting to see where what Max Day's kind of mindset is around him. I think we'll know early on what what he thinks, you know, and, and where he's gonna play him. Um, you know, if he's if he's benching him in the league, I think that'll be a sign of of things to come for the championship. And, you know, if he's starting him in the league, I think same as what we discussed there, I think there's going to be a lot of times where he'll be starting in midfield. Other days he'll be starting the full forward line and he might even get a run out at halfback. Who knows? Same as he does with his club. Yeah, like I suppose with Connor Loftus maybe being announced as the as the captain, that maybe suggests that like he, he mightn't be a regular starter, potentially. Um, but I suppose, what are your thoughts on, on Connor Loftus being the captain? I mean, obviously he's a, a mainstay for Mayo over the last couple of years. He's, he's probably like an, an unsung hero in many ways. He probably doesn't get the recognition maybe that that he deserves. Like I think a lot of people always point maybe to the to the forwards or whatever. But you, you can't look past Conor Loftus. Like the, I do often remember him kicking good points against Dublin, particularly I think in that um, in that twenty twenty one semi final. I thought he played very well. So him coming in as uh, as captain. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and like in term, I think that's you know what led Aiden to get a lot of stick in twenty twenty one season was you know, that he was captain and he was getting taken off against Dublin, you know, and obviously I suppose, you know, you do think when you think of your captain, you think of someone that is going to be on the pitch till the very end until their feet are falling off. Like they're going to be the last person to come off. And, you know, I suppose he's probably come in for a bit of stick for that where, you know, he's maybe not performed the best to his, of his abilities on big days. But um, yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's umpteen leaders on that Mayo team that could have got the captaincy, but Definitely, Connor Loftus is is one of the best players that we've had over the last couple of years, and you know another one that burst onto the scene. I think got us out of a few hairy situations and qualifiers in I think it was it twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen. Um, you know with his with his points and his goals, and yeah, is is a, a born leader and you know someone who has stepped up to the plate on on big days and showed that you know he's he's not one to kind of shy from responsibility and yeah, I think. To be honest, I think the captain armband is a bit, not that it's irrelevant entirely, but I think, you know, when, when Mayo step onto the field, I'm sure there's 15 leaders there. You know, I'm sure everyone has their say. And, you know, you look at the likes of Stephen Cohen, who's been, you know, uh, captains of underage teams and stuff like that. You know, I'm sure he's going to be right behind Connor Loftus there. And just because Connor has the, the armband around him doesn't mean that everyone else won't be rowing in and, and being as vocal as they want to be as well. And, you know, I think you know, in terms of having the older players in as well, like they're going to be as valuable as the captain because, you know, you want, we want leaders in your team and, you know, the likes of your Aiden O'Shea's, your Killian O'Connor's, your Jeremy O'Connor's, you know, all those people, they're, they're going to be, you know, big lads that are going to row in and help and help the squad when they're, when times get tough and when they need to be, you know, kind of digged out of a hole. And, you know, that's one thing that Mayo do have. They have leaders in abundance, but, um, yeah, no, fair play to Conor Loftus, you know, delighted for him to get the captaincy and hopefully it doesn't weigh too heavy on him. I mean, we often see that at times where great players are handed the captaincy and I suppose it kind of maybe, you know, takes them a, a step back from their responsibility on the field then, you know, so hopefully he doesn't think too much of it himself and that he can just go out and perform his usual, you know, standard and, and keep kicking points and goals for us. Yeah, and, and the overall expectation for, for 2023 then, 
for Mayo, as you were saying there, like you you think a Connacht title would probably be the you know the the barometer maybe of a of a successful season. Like obviously it is going to take time to to build in the new players and and fill in the gaps of the of the retirements and everything else. And I suppose quarterfinals, semi-finals maybe, but I suppose there's a lot of very good teams out there. So it, it is going to be tough for Mayo, but you're looking at it and thinking Connacht title and and that'd be good enough. Yeah, not, like I mean, not that it'd be good enough, but I think you know. We we Mayo fans of the last ten years grew up in a kind of James Horan era where you know we won I think it was a five Connacht titles in a row. It almost became our title, you know, and it wasn't anyone else's to have. So I think as a Mayo fan, I would like to get back to that again, where you know we, as I was saying earlier, make McHale Park a fortress. You know, people that come down there during the league for our home games that you know we win those games and you know it's it's our territory. And I think. Um, getting our hands back on the Connacht title, that's that's definitely a main a main aim. Um and everything after that in my eyes would be a, a bit of a plus. But um look, you know, again, that's that's what the the head is saying, I suppose. But the heart always dreams of those big days. And you know, with Mayo you just never know. I mean, you know, after twenty eighteen with all the obituaries that were written about Mayo after they got beaten by Kildare, you know, we came back in 2019, got to a semi-final, and then the, the next two years after that, successful finals. So, I mean, you know, we're we're here now talking about transitions and you know a new period for Mayo GAA. But who knows? Like, I could be talking to you this time next year, and we could be saying how you know Mayo got to a final, or who knows, might even you know won against all odds, you know, beating big teams. But um, definitely, I think the first focus would be great league campaign, secure Division One status. If we get to a, a Division One final, brilliant, you know, especially for the new guys coming in, um, and then after that, getting your hands in the Connacht title, and who knows? I mean, you know, on any given day, as they say, you know, and especially with the performances that Mayo teams so uh, regularly put in, you know, year on year, you know, there is days where they can beat the big dogs, and you know, who knows just what might happen on any given day? But, um, yeah, no, in my eyes, I'd be very happy with the Connacht title, and. You know, to build a squad that I could say, right, next year we can really give the All Ireland series a good go, and almost be kind of like we're going to win. You know, at the moment I I can't say with certainty we're going to win the uh, we're going to win the Connacht title because I think you know we have to face a very good Roscommon team first, and then you're meeting the you know the All Ireland finalists go in the semi final, two massive teams. If you beat those two teams, you deserve to win a Connacht title. You know, so I would love to get to the stage next year where we're like we're retaining our Connacht title and we're going to do it. And we have a great team in place that can, you know, bring us on in the All Ireland series. But um, yeah, definitely getting getting the Connacht title back would be great as a starter. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, like well, I think as a Dublin fan down the years, like any time, like I like the, there have been times in the past, even like thinking back to 2017 and even 2018, like you said before, where I thought, you know, we shouldn't have to worry about Mayo now for for a few years, and then you come crawling your way back like in in 2019 and 2020 so like that's the thing with mayo it almost seems like when they're when there's high expectations it's sort of you know maybe things don't go to plan but then sometimes when there's not much expectations you actually surprise yourselves and go on a run like even in 2020 especially after being relegated and and everything else like i don't think anyone really expected mayo to come back and and reach an all around final and i know there was maybe some some other scenarios there with obviously Kerry getting beat and you had to play Tipperary in the semi-finals but even beating Galway with the form that they were in and even in the final against Dublin as well like you, you gave a fairly good show and so 
I suppose that's the thing about male football is that you can, you can just never quite like write them off. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, for years we've uh, thrived off the underdog status and, you know, even as, as far back as I can remember, like I'm, you know, one of the, one of the first kind of games, I suppose, in my memory would be when we played Tyrone in 2004 and Tyrone were All-Ireland champions trying to retain their title and we met them in the quarterfinal and, you know, nobody gave us a, a chance and, and we met them on the day. And I, I often find that with Mayo that when they're coming into a game and there's not much hype and there's not much hope, that's when they, you know, play their best and and win. And, you know, we talked about the 2021 game against Dublin last year, but um, that was one of those days where, you know, We'd been beaten the year before and Dublin had beaten us in 2019 and nobody really kind of had any hope of Mayo even putting it up to Dublin. And, you know, the signs were kind of on it in the first 55, 60 minutes. But, yeah, I think the underdog tag really suits us. Um, and, you know, it's it's fair to say that we're going into the Connacht Championship as underdogs because I don't think anyone would be expecting anything less than Galway to, to win, you know, to retain the Connacht title. So... Yeah, who knows? That might that might be for Mayo's benefit, and it might drive us on to actually, you know, overcome overcome those steps and, and get it back. Yeah, and looking at the overall big picture, then in terms of the the All Ireland, like who's the favourites in in your opinion? I think you can't look past Dublin or Kerry. I mean, especially with you know the likes of Jack McCaffrey coming back for Dublin and, and Paul Mannion. They're you know, and and with I suppose the cruel way that they were knocked out last year. You know, they gave Kerry such a a close battle and just at the very end, you know, Kerry outpipped them. Um, I think they're going to be raring to go back and Jesus Christ, like <laughs> the last person you want to see coming onto a pitch is Jack McCaffrey. But, you know, we've been talking about engines and the likes of Lee Keegan, you know, that man is an absolute Ferrari. <laughs> like he'll just go for days and, you know, the, there's the video footage galore to prove that. But um, yeah, I think if they don't meet each other, I think it'll be a Dublin Kerry final. Um, and if they do, it's going to be one hell of a semi-final, you know, to see who who gets to who gets past that. But um, again, you can't look past Galway. I mean, they have a very good young team. Um, you know, Shane Walsh has had a fantastic club season with Croaks. I think, you know, I know there was a lot of controversy, um, in the you know in Galway about that and about him changing size. But to be honest, I think it's been for his benefit. You know, playing high intensity senior Dublin football, you know, at club level is going to do him the world of good and. You know, Jesus, if he starts this year uh, with a, an All-Ireland club medal in his pocket, that's only going to spur him on when it comes to Galway. And, you know, he's already one of the best players in the country at the moment. You know, probably just maybe a peg or two lower than David Clifford in terms of the best forward in the country at the moment, you know. Um, but, you know, definitely those three teams, you can't look past them. And then, to be honest, you know, any any of the Ulster teams are going to give anyone a run on their day. You know, Tyrone, Donegal, Armagh. You know, all last year caused problems for for different teams. Um, you know, Armagh even ran Galway close in the quarterfinals, and you know, I think it was kind of un, unfortunate that a penalty shootout was what separated them at the end, very end. Because you know, you you could you could tell that maybe if that went to a replay, Armagh might have came back the next day and, and took it from Galway. Like so, you can't really rule any of those out either in 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 Ulster. But I think it it will be Dublin or Kerry. I think that's going to lift Sam again this year. Um. You know, you talk about the greatest of GA players when you talk about Lee Keegan, but I think David Clifford is going to be probably top of that tree, you know, forevermore when he finishes his career. Um, you know, what a player he is. And, you know, that's obviously 
going to be food for thought for managers and you know if may over to to me carry again this this year like they did last year you know that'd be the first question mark on on Maxey's lips is okay how do we keep david clifford quiet <laughs> so um yeah it's 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 going to be an exciting championship and um it'll be interesting to see how things go but you know obviously hoping that mayo do well and and you know hoping that we progress out of connacht and get a run maybe at an all ireland and it'd be great to face the likes of a Kerry or a, or a dublin or a Tyrone or an Armagh in a you know in a semi-final or a quarter-final so we'll see how it goes yeah like I mean yeah I think with the, with the way that the championship is structured with the, with the parents I think it, it could possibly be a Dublin Kerry All-Ireland final like and if that was to to happen I think the, the country might nearly shut down for a day or something like I think you know it'd be absolutely madness I think in in both counties and even for for, for neutrals watching as well but any surprise packages you think might cause a, a shock or two? I mean, there tends to be a few every couple of years. I mean, you had Derry last year, a few other teams here and there. Any teams you think might cause a surprise or two next year? Um, it's it's hard to say. I think, yeah, Derry had a good run last year. Um, you know, again, I'd say they will be there or thereabouts in terms of Ulster. And, you know, that kind of province is such a, a shock factor because you know, there's so many big heads meeting straight away in the in the kind of preliminary rounds that, you know, you could be in a quarterfinals in round one and, you know, and you could be the likes of Donegal or Tyrone, you know, working your way back up. Um, you know, I suppose in terms of our own county or our own province, can never really write off Roscommon. You know, they were um, kind of finalists last year against Galway. And I think if they had another five or ten minutes in the kind of final last year, they might have even pipped Galway to the post. They, you know, they came back very strong, scored two late goals. You know, I don't think they can be ruled out and, you know, I could, I might have my head in my hands in, you know, two or three months time. They might, you know, even give Mayo a shock and knock them out. Um, but no, I don't, I think, you know, I think in terms of, you know, the, the latter stages of, of the, the championship, I think it's going to be the regular heads are going to be there. But I think it's going to be probably maybe a Galway, Kerry, Dublin. And I think maybe Armagh could, could get Ulster. I think, they had such a, a good uh, run last year and yeah, who knows? I think they can build on that and, you know, definitely with um, their full forwards uh, is Reno O'Neill. Reno O'Neill, yeah. Reno O'Neill, yeah. Um, his, his name was gone from me there for a minute, but, um, you know, he's he's another fantastic player and, you know, has great firepower up front. So I think they might be, they might just pit bolster again, but who knows? You have the likes of Tyrone, you know, who won it in 2021, you know, had, didn't have a great season last season and, they're going to want to be coming back, you know, all guns blazing and going to want to be, you know, there thereabouts in the All-Ireland series too. So, you know, it's it's going to be a tough one to call, but I think, you know, it'll be, if it is going to be a Dublin Kerry final, it's hard to know how that's going to go. I think it could be a, a repeat of 2019 where there's going to be, uh, there's going to be extra time and, or not extra time, but definitely replays to it, I think, to try and separate the two of them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like even thinking about it, like it's it, it's going to be absolutely mental. Sort of keeping an eye on the on the championship next year. But um, but yeah, very much appreciate your time, Dara. Appreciate you jumping on. Obviously speaking about all things Mayo and um, so yeah. Look, it's it's not often a Dublin man, uh, I suppose, and a Mayo man get together to to have a yeah. chat and all the rest. So uh, exactly, yeah, yeah. Not, no, I'm, but, I'm in a peaceful manner like this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, no top man, Dara. Much appreciate. Cool. Thanks very much and thanks for having me.